boys and girls, babies who are listening here to our the, to our new podcast, The Electric Movie Podcast. I'm Augusto Sanoja, and here always with me, my good buddy. Oh, uh, a uh, good buddy, because you know I introduced you as my best friend last week, and uh, oh. I feel a little uh, degraded now. Okay, hello, good people. Here is the Electric Movie Podcast. Well, I have a theory on this. Sanoha, and this is my best friend. <laughs> so uh, our sound guy and Nick called me the next day after editing our episode and said, yes. you know you called Augusto your best friend? And I went, I did? So I went back and listened to the episode, and I did. And Augusto, you probably went to sleep that night so happy that I was your best friend. But oh. dude, I, I like you. I think you're great. You are a good friend, but I just don't think we're there yet, man. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So, but but we we are friends, and we are we're all, we're actually we are recording this episode on February 13th, right? So this it, you know Valentine's is not only the day of love; it's also friendship, right? Because friendship is required to you know have a lot of patience. And we need a lot of patience between the two of us, right? Because I overslept today. We were supposed to record this a little bit earlier, right? But also you've been swamped, like swamped with work right now, right? So it's got to be patience in order to get things right. So we might not be best friends yet, but we are definitely good friends in good terms. Once I stop working less and you wake up earlier, then we can talk about being best friends. How about that? I, I agree. I, I think that that could this is that will make this work. So Augusta, yeah, we got movie news. We got movie news. We got news. We got news. We got reviews. We got TV series. I got a new puppy. We got all of that. Oh, <laughs> so why don't you start us off with the news? Uh, on a sad note, actually. Okay, so. Uh, between the time that we recorded uh, this episode, which, which uh, it took us like uh, three weeks between episode one and two, um, we lost uh, three great important actors in the business. Uh, first, it was Cloris Leachman. I think I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing some of the names here, but Cloris Leachman was an actress uh, best known for her comedies, right? And she's actually, she she won, she's an Academy Award, a BAFTA, a Golden Globe, and a Daytime Emmy winner, okay? I think that I know her more for her, for her work on one of my, one of, a film that I really, really like, uh, Spanglish with Aaron Sandler, which is one of the... That. Yeah, she's in that. She's she's a, like an alcoholic mother and mother-in-law, I think. But she's very funny, and I I've seen her in other shows, and you know, it's it's quite sad, you know, that 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 she passed away. Then, well, yes. Well, if, if I could touch on, um, I know her more from her, her being the grandmother of Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, oh. She was hysterical. Uh, because I'm a, I'm I was born in '88, but I'm a '90s kid, right? What do '90s yeah. kids do? They grow up, they watch Malcolm in the Middle, right? 
Exactly. She was also uh she she also was a uh, grandmother in this show called uh, Raising Hope. Very underrated sitcom. It only lasted like four years. Kind of played the same character, except she was this grandmother that would uh, be lucid once in a while. So they basically live in her house because she has like dementia and she doesn't know who they are. But when she comes to turn, she's like, wait a minute, why are you people in my house? I'm like, all right, bring grandma another room. They're very mean to her, but it's it's funny. And uh, she actually did some uh, video game voice acting too, which was surprising yeah. to me. Yeah, exactly. So that's basically what, what the reason why we are taking a moment to mention these actors is because they love their work. They were passionate about it. And also they they try to bring something into the business one way or the other. And speaking about bringing something, literally the next day we lost another great actress, Cecily Tyson. No, she was, she is in the black community, the uh, African-American community, community. She is an icon. One of the, one of the first great, big, huge, important actresses that, that she won, she received three primetime Emmys, Black Wheel Awards, Screen Actors, Tony Awards, and she was honored by the Academy Award with her honor, honorary Oscar. And she also has a Peabody uh, Award as well. And I think that the, she, 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 her career, we, we already know because of 2020 that the black community, they have them, they have a, a rough time, right? And the black community, especially in, 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 in uh, well, not especially, but in, in this area that we talk about every week, the um, uh, TV shows and movies, they are always struggling to, to find a voice and to have the right representation about their culture. And Cecily Tyson was responsible for that. She, she's been, she was called, I saw all the polls in Instagram and social media and news that she was an icon, right? And the good thing about uh, that we should mention is that as far as I'm aware, all of these actors that passed away, they passed in their sleeps. They were like around, you know, their, their eighties, nineties, you know? So I think that we can take comfort that this was, they already did what they had to do in this life and they did so much, so much for us. And the you know, third, I, uh, I, um, yes. if I could just chime in a little bit. Um, yes. I don't know a lot of her filmography, uh, to be honest. I recognize her face. Uh, so I did a quick look real quick to see what she was in. And it seems like the, the, the projects she chose were very important to her. Because if you look down the list, these are not mainstream, big budget movies. You know, these are movies mm. that were very important to her and her race. So good, good for her. You know, exactly. But that's you mentioned something really important right there, Kyle. You don't know much of her work, and honestly, I don't know much of her work. I'm just stalking and and paying my respects to someone who was important in the industry that I love that I studied. But what you mentioned was, I recognize her face. And that's, that's huge. 
the fact that you don't know her like oh like Adam Sandler or or Jim Carrey, but you say I've seen her in movies. That's I think that's something that that not that not people that a lot of people don't take for granted. You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't. You know, it's 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 like you know, some of her movies are movies that I don't draw my attention. They're important. They're good movies and. It, it kind of sucks to say that I won't stop my day to watch one of these movies. I'm, I sound like an asshole, I think, but mm. it's, you know, it's maybe I should take more time and actually watch some of these movies and educate myself. Yeah, that, that, that is, that is true. Right. I think that at times, you know, art, it cinema is art and it art is a, it's a thing about taste, taste, sorry. And, it, it might not be important for you, and that's okay, but it's important to recognize the work and how much it meant for other people, uh, not only from the black community. There might be other people that appreciate it and admire her as well. And I think that it, that is the case, for example, with with the third actor that passed away uh, during these weeks, which is Christopher Plummer. One who was very well recognized in movies, TV series, uh, theater, a lot of a lot of his works, right? And which which is it's very it's very interesting. But he won the 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 Oscar, the Academy Award for for best supported actor for The Beginners, a movie that I really like. At the age of eighty two. Right, yeah. and he became, he's the oldest person to win an acting award, and later at the age of eighty eight, with all the money in the world, he is the oldest person to be nominated in an acting category. The best known for his work in Sound of Music, um, he passed yes. away at ninety one. Uh, the last movie I saw him in was Knives Out, and if I'm Me doing too. my math correctly. He must have been what eighty eight, eighty nine when he filmed that movie, and the guy didn't look a day over sixty five. So I, I, I will never be as good an actor or an actor when I am ninety, eighty eight years old. Like that is so impressive. He kept I, going. He kept going. He, he doesn't he, stop. Like I look at his, I look at his, I, uh, IMDb, and he did voice acting in like Skyrim, and he did the animated movie Nine. And this is the kind of guy you talk, he, he kind of reminds me of like a Patrick Stewart, right? Where if you gave him a full role on Family Guy, he'd be like, sure, I love, I just love acting. Like that's what he would do. Exactly. Yes. And I, I, I have a lot of movies that I like, I like about him. There's, there's one movie called The Inside Man. So great. Directed by Spike Lee. And then he had like the or Denzel Washington's robbing a bank and he's inside the whole time. No, no, no. Denzel Washington is the cop and Clive Owen. Yeah, that's the... what. Okay, yeah, I remember that movie. It was so good, so good movie. And Knives Out was also one of the one of the last movies I saw him in, and he was also really good in that film. He wasn't he was in like... a lot, but he was still good the scenes he was in. Yes. And and he he he's a, he's not the main character, but in a way, he is the 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 main piece of the of that mystery puzzle, 
right? So whatever, so, yeah. I think whatever film you watch with of Christopher of Christopher Plummer, I don't know that if he has a bad movie, but I can I know I can guarantee you that he you'll get a great performance from him. Well, let's not forget uh, when you know Kevin Spacey was found out that he was you know not a good guy. He was he rapped on a, a movie called All the Money in the World. Yeah, when we found out that Kevin Spacey did some things to little kids, Just in Christopher weeks. Palmer, Christopher Palmer came in and reshot the whole thing in six weeks. <laughs> and at what at the age of like eighty one, eighty nine, at eighty nine. But that all okay, sooner than I thought. Okay. Yes, he was 89 years old. At 89 years old, he went, okay, let's do it, six weeks. That might sound a lot, especially for you and me that we were trying to to build this episode. It takes six weeks for us to do two episodes, yeah. Yeah, but for a movie, six weeks, it's nothing. That's that's what you take to just do a five-minute short film, at least. (laughs) <laughs> right, and yeah. they were trying to 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 do the reshoots and bring out bring the 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 other actors, Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Williams, and at eighty nine years old, he pulled through, and I know, and he got nominated for his work not only because the the acting in that movie was great, but also because I think it should have been recognized. The fact that he said. Okay, I'll do the work because it's necessary and it's the right thing to do. And even though he was he wasn't going to win that year for his role as best supporting actor, the fact that he was nominated, I I went like, okay, yes, you deserve the nomination. Yeah, um, you know, I'm 32 years old and I I hate getting up on Mondays, so I can't imagine shooting a movie in six weeks. Um, <laughs> Uh, Gusto, we have news about uh, Warner Brothers are is done with Christopher Nolan, or Christopher Nolan is done with Warner Brothers. Uh, bring us into it. Okay, so be- well, before we, uh, just a quick mention, uh, I think we're definitely going to miss these actors. But like I said before, uh, I think they already did what they what they came to this life to do, and we're grateful for them for their work and for everything they did. Going moving forward with our news, Christopher Nolan is unlikely to direct a n- next movie, his next movie, at Warner Brothers. This all becomes this all starts off because of the, his opinion uh, after the decision that Warner Brothers is going to release their movies in HBO Max and cinemas uh, during this year in 2021. Right, and he was outspoken, outspoken very harshly about this decision that he did not support it. You no, know? and you know it's kind of it's it's very controversial because well, we know that Christopher Nolan is a very stubborn individual. Yes, we can say that we can say that as much. He was quoted as saying, "Some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed." the night before thinking we were working on the greatest movie studio and we woke up to find out we were working for the worst streaming service. Exactly. Um, um, when you work for a company, right. That is making, is doing this experiment, right. Cause this has never been seen before 
where we're actually getting movies coming out in theaters and streaming to our house at the same time. And HBO Max took the leap and said, we're going to do this. Well, I think every streaming service wanted to do this for a long time, but because of COVID, it's kind of a necessary right now. So they take this risk. They're releasing their videos. They're, they're going to lose money on it. And then you have your biggest director coming out and bashing the thing that you bought. Because if I'm a Christopher Nolan fan, right, I, I worship Christopher Nolan, and I hear, I hate streaming services uh, for movies that should be seen in cinemas. I'm going to be that that guy that follows Christopher Nolan was, I'm not going to watch my HBO movies anymore. And now HBO is like, dude, you're tarnishing the brain. You're tarnishing things we're trying to do. So I don't blame, you know, uh, Warner Brothers for not wanting to work with them anymore. They're saying that he's walking away. I don't believe it. I think that they told him, you're done. Because they try to hide this stuff all the time with like Zack Snyder. They said Zack Snyder stepped away for personal reasons with his family. Mm-hmm. No, and, and when then we found out, no, they just fired him. So I think they told Christopher Nolan to take a walk. Uh, what do you think? Well, here's the thing. I think that, to be honest, I don't think that he's the 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 best director that Warner Brother has on their or had in this case in their payroll because I'm looking at his other movies and you have Interstellar and Dunkirk, right? Those were the films that came after the conclusion of the Dark Knight um, thriller, trilogy. And if you look at it, for example, the he, his movies were, in terms of, of money-making, not story-wise. Story-wise, Christopher Nolan is the man. He, he's, he does things in so original and so creative that not a lot of directors are willing to do, Right? But if you look at the at the box office results, right, the Dark Knight Rises, because let, let's be honest, the only reason that he was like his biggest director and he, he was allowed to do Tenet and he was allowed to do uh, Inception the, because of Dark Inception, Knight, right? Yeah, Inception and the Dark Knight. That's yeah. it. Because the Dark Knight brought $1 billion, right? But then if you look at Interstellar, it brought $700 million. And then if you look at Dunkirk, it brought $500 million. And if you look at Tenet, with him trying to, no, we're, we're, we're releasing this this year, it's $363 million. Well, we'll see, Tenet's also the, you know, was hurt by COVID, obviously. Um there- yeah, of course, yes. But he was very stubborn but, with Warner Brothers about Tenet because he, when a lot of these movies come out, right, you can rent them on, like, your streaming service, like Voodoo or something like that. But when Tenet came out, he was such an advocate that you do not stream my movie to rent. You could buy it when it came out for, like, 20 25 bucks or whatever, but you couldn't rent it for, like, five ninety nine. And he told them, nobody's renting my movie. I think it took a month, month and a half or something like that till I could finally rent it at home. Uh, but he was fighting with them ever since that movie came out because he believes you need to go to the cinema to enjoy movies. He does not like watching movies at home. But times are changing, man. I don't know what to tell you. Well, yeah, that that is true what, what you're saying. But... Well, well, we'll get into the 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 HBO the, a little bit more in the HBO Max with another segment further down in the episode, and it is true what he's saying. But I think that uh, honestly, 
I don't know what other movie studios will be willing to hire Christopher Nolan. It will be. Well, cool. are you uh, you think that? Because I think they both don't even really need each other. Does it, does Warner Brothers really need Christopher Nolan? Does Christopher Nolan really need Warner Brothers? I mean, I don't think every, Warner Brothers. Everybody's gonna find Warner Brothers needs Christopher Nolan. I'll be honest with you. I don't think that Warner, Nolan Warner, Brothers, Warner Brothers. But I do think that Christopher Nolan needs a a big name studio like Warner Brothers to keep doing his movies. Because, like I said, he is one of the few directors that makes original movies, right? Well, I mean, he can't go to Paramount because Paramount just launched Paramount Plus, and if he hates streaming, then that's not the place to go right now. Yeah, so I think that well, the the good thing is that he take that Christopher Nolan has around like he takes like two three years before he's doing his next movement, and as a matter of fact, he he's not. I, I, as far as I know, he doesn't have a, a, a next movie down the line until further, further, further along. You know, because between he takes like three years between movies, right? Yeah. So by the time that he is willing to start production with his next movie, we might already have the vaccine. Theaters will come back and everything will return in a, in a new normality. I don't know what that news, There's some other news right here that he said that he wished Warner Brothers would have talked to him before signing a contract with HBO Max. So A lot of the directors, a lot of the directors say that. Yeah. Uh, and and we'll, like I said, we'll talk about a little bit more about the HBO Max exper- experiment, which is the, the main topic of today's episode. But... I think that Christopher Nolan, Warner Brothers, like I said, Warner Brothers doesn't need Christopher Nolan, but Christopher Nolan, if he if he wants to keep doing movies like Dunkirk, I'm not going with Interstellar, The Dark Knight, or Inception, or Tenet. I'm just going with something a little bit more simpler, like Dunkirk. If he wants to keep doing movies like that with his style of storytelling and his ideas, he needs a big studio name behind him he has the credit to go and people say okay you're christopher nolan we know that you're going to do a, a big yeah. spectacle you know we it's, know it's you're like a- tom brady go to the tampa bay buccaneers <laughs> yes. you just go there and they'll op- they'll open their wallets to you let you do whatever you want but he just exactly. has to find the right studio because him and in Warner Brothers, it's just not getting along. Uh, okay, I'm going to I'm going to close this this news with this question: Do you think that he could work at Disney? I, I you know, I was in the back of my head. I was going to ask you to, and my answer is no. I don't think he can work at Marvel, only because, I mean, he could. I mean, he could, right? But it's like he went to Warner Brothers to do, you know, uh, the dark, uh, not uh, Batman Rises. What was the first one called? Yeah, uh, Batman Begins. Batman Begins because he wanted to do a very grounded, serious movie. But, but, um, but he doesn't need to do. Uh, he doesn't need to do uh, uh, how you call it. Superhero uh, movies, what you're saying? Yeah, it's Mar- Marvel movies because again, he has a certain vision. Oh, well, Disney's got the money for him, and if he wants to do it, I mean, yeah, in that sense, yeah, he could. Um, I thought you were talking more of, like, him doing, like, a superhero movie, because 
if you no, no, no. I was thinking like, okay, about, uh, I need a new home. That's that's Christopher Nolan's situation right now. I need a new home where I can do my my weird shit. Well, my, what I'm trying weird... to say, like, wouldn't wouldn't Moon Knight, after you explained it to me, be the perfect movie for him? Yes, Moon Knight could be, but that's a, a Disney Plus series, and he's not going to get near. Uh, a, a Disney, what, a I'm just trying to think of the project. I'm just trying to think of the projects that Disney's doing and where he would fit in best. And after yeah, you Moon Knight, I'm thinking like that might be his Pixar. best. You have Pixar, you have the Disney animation, you have Disney live action, and he's not going to do a, a reboot of a um, Disney movie. No well, way. You get back to the, well, then you get back to the whole thing. Like, if you're going to make a movie for us, uh, no one can we but stream. There's, there's this. So he's, he's, he's mad picture. about this stuff. I mean, Scorsese came out with this too, where he was mad about streaming services getting nominated for Oscars, but then he made The Irishman. So it's like, I don't know. It, it, it's like it's like this old time style in our heads. Let's, like let's, these okay, directors need There's... to get used to the fact that we are streaming now. The, the theaters okay, are it... probably going to go away. Okay, but here's here you have this. You have the Searchlight Pictures, which is the it was pre- previously known as Fox Searchlight Pictures, right? Because that that's the other thing. That I think that Searchlight Pictures is the perfect house for the for Christopher Nolan, right? It basically it's a move. It's I think it's the the one where you can do indies, like Jojo Rabbit. He did also like uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, it also did the favorite, you know, it does this, you it's know, budget, low budget yeah. movies, but they're also the artistic ones where Christopher Nolan can come in and say, okay, I can do something like Memento again. He could, he could do a movie like, have you ever seen Following? Yes, the Following, yes, of course. He can that do that. In pictures And still Disney. But I don't think Christopher Nolan wants to do those movies anymore. I think he got a taste of the money and now he wants to do big blockbuster movies. I think he lost his, you know, his street movie, you know, college filmmaking edge. I don't think he wants to do that. Uh, I think that uh, no, I think that he's just taking advantage of what he got, you know, because he, like I said, he he started out Guy slow. Guy built a hallway that spun around in a massive warehouse <laughs> so Joseph Gordon-Levitt could fight a guy, okay? He doesn't care about black and white movies anymore. I mean, maybe he does, but I don't think he does. I I think that he he uh, he's a big cinema lover and as long as he can do films he'll take whatever he can get you know if if this is the best age for him to do films actually because everyone has to wear a face mask so if we all wear face masks you can't hear a word everyone's saying so he's got to get (laughs) going right now (laughs) right perfect perfect for him (laughs) (laughs) yeah make a movie called maybe called quarantine and it's all muzzled and you have to watch it in a fucking closed caption um Augusto, I think we talked enough about that today. Uh, we have to talk about Zack Snyder. Okay, so moving on with our next news. Um, we got some new footage and some new sneak peeks from Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League. No, we're recording this on February 13th. And according to, to him... The, the trailer, the official trailer with new looks for Darkseid, other characters, uh, the Justice League. Basically, his his entire vision is going to be released tomorrow on Sunday, 14 Valentine's. And uh, 
I don't know, man. You know, I I'm getting the same feeling. Well, not not even the same feeling with the Kong, the Kong versus Godzilla trailer, right? Okay. Because the because that trailer I watch it, I know it's not going to be a good movie, but I, I it got me excited. With this, everything that's been released, I'm like, okay, it's cool. But you know, I, the thing I, is, though, we're we're gonna watch it, though, right? Oh yes, I'm I'm definitely gonna watch it because I am curious to see his vision and all of it. But honestly, I'm not a fan of Snyder's version of the DC movies. Uh, well, I don't know. He gave us a pretty kick-ass Batman, though, didn't he? Even that, I don't agree with with that version. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that he should. I'm I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to be like a, a nerd saying that's not the Batman or the Superman from the comics that kills and stuff. Ben Affleck is quite is pretty good as Batman and as Bruce Wayne. I'll give you that, and I agree with that. But I don't know. I think that the version that you were tr that you introduced me to. You didn't give me enough time to get to know these versions that you were that you were planning. You were just shoving it through my throat, right? You know. With, well, with... so the thing the thing is is right. So Zack Snyder came out with Man of Steel, right? And that was a very decisive movie. Me personally, I could not stand that movie. And as the years have gone by, I actually kind of respect it a little more. But there are too many things in that movie that make me really just dislike that movie. Uh, you, you give him, you give him a Batman versus Superman, right? Super decisive movie. Like that was like the civil war of fans about that movie. I went to see that movie and the first two rows in front of me, they all fell asleep. Couldn't stand <laughs> that movie either. Then you go into justice league. So they've given them a lot of shots. And I think on the third movie, Warner brothers executives stepped in and they're like, we're going to change some stuff. They put too many cooks in the kitchen. They changed too much. He's like, this isn't the movie I wanted. So the movie came out wasn't great and then people started yelling well we want to see the snyder cut and i think it's the fans really have more say in hollywood than they ever have before i mean we changed the way sonic the hedgehog looked like right yeah <laughs> and i think and we're all clamoring that john krasinski is going to be mr fantastic and it probably will happen because we're all bitching about it enough so i think hollywood's <laughs> starting to listen to the fans more than than anything uh zach snyder cut should go to hbo max um we don't need this thing to be re-released in theaters especially right now i mean if you did put it in theaters i don't think it would make a lot of money people aren't around and see it uh i don't is this going to save the movie there are a couple of scenes actors came back like jared leto as a joker he's in it more he had a huge problem with that movie that he wasn't in it enough um uh, you know, Ben Affleck and all these people came back to do a couple more scenes, and the other scenes are like uh, deleted scenes. So, um, yeah, so if they release this movie, I don't think it's going to save the movie, make it like the greatest movie ever made, but it's going to make a better movie. It's and then the four argument, hours. It's four freaking hours. You're telling me that you're th – here, here's what you're telling me. You You took the budget – of one movie, one superhero movie, yeah. But you make two movies, right? But the script treats the the. It's not like okay, it's movie one and movie two with a middle, a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. No, it's one mid, one beginning, one middle, and one end that 
lasts for four freaking hours. I can't remember That's- how much money they added to this movie. I think it was like they gave him like forty million more dollars. Yeah, like for the reshoot and stuff like that. Yeah. And, it, and if this movie comes out right and it's just slightly better, was this really worth anyone's time to do? You know, like that, that, if you're gonna bring a movie back and do a cut, like it's not even the Snyder cut. He's adding more scenes, right? So it's not his cut. It's it's like a downloadable content, like DLC. If you want to see a better movie, get your get the director back and and, and make it a better movie. So if it's not significant, I can't say this word. If it's not a lot better than the original, then what was the point of this whole thing? Yeah, exactly. So well, we'll I'm 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 going to save. The rest of my comments for when when the movie comes out or when uh, when we see it after we see it or or not you know but so far I'm not I'm I'm I, I'm going to see it but I'm not that interested so before we go we get to our main uh, subject here with the our HBO Max experiment we'll talk about a little bit more of the about the Zack Snyder and we'll talk about other things that we've discussed here uh, throughout the episode we're going to move on with our review section and so far we don't we haven't seen a lot of movies we try to see one but honestly after the reviews and stuff and problems to see it we decided to just go with the episodes for uh, episode four and six of WandaVision. So, okay, where 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 do you want to start right now, Kyle? With 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 this well, series. Well, I'm going to start with I'm going to start with I didn't realize that this show was going to ramp up as fast as it is right now. I thought we were going to get more tongue in cheek episodes, comedies with little clues, but this thing ramps up at episode four. Like, yes. <laughs> like, I didn't think we were ever going to see, you know, sword agents this soon. Kat Dennings coming back from her okay, but, movie. Before, before we continue, before we continue, guys, we're we're guys. If we're going to discuss spoilers, okay, I we cannot give you so far a time. We'll probably leave it on the description or something, but we're going to talk spoilers here, okay? Just so you know. Well, I mean, okay, you have to. I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't think this thing was going to ramp up as quickly as it did. Uh, you know, now Wanda has two kids who uh, aged very quickly. Uh, I wonder who thought of that idea. Not me. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I was pat myself on the back when I saw it. But um, it's, ramp- <laughs> it's, it's ramping up. It, would you call this show like fourth wall breaking in a sense? Um. I think that they're. It's the right word for it, but they're very aware that they're being controlled, and it almost seems like. And even when like Agent Wu is like, you know, putting stuff on the board, like why a hexagon, why a sitcom, they're us watching this show. Like, would you count that yeah. as fourth wall breaking? I, I think the the correct word will be they're in a in a very particular meta way. Right. Because here, here's the here's the thing. For example. And in episode in episode five, we get uh, the the return of Pietro. Of well, let's, let's start. Let's let's start a little bit sooner, okay? So in episode four, it's an episode called "We Interrupt This Program." Agent Wu and yeah. Monica Rambo show up. Now we haven't talked about Monica Rambo coming out of the blip, right? So this is another scene 
we've seen the people coming back after Tony Stark, you know, saved everybody. And Monica well, Rambeau is technically, technically, it was it was the Hulk who re- who brought people back. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, the Hulk brought it, that, that was my fault. Yeah, Give Tony the Stark. Hulk it, credit. No, no, no. <laughs> screw him. No, no, he's a good guy. Anyway, Monica Rambeau comes back. We know Monica yeah. Rambeau from the uh, Captain Marvel movies as a little girl that knew how to use her sleeve to change her colors on her costume, which made no sense, but whatever. Um, she comes back to the missing persons report, and now they find out it's a missing town, and we know that Wanda is... If I'm going to skip around a lot, but she goes in, she comes back out, she knows that Wanda's controlling everything. Now, Monica Rambeau yeah. is actually going to become Photon later, I've learned. I know yeah, a little bit of comic book. I know in, a little bit of comic She has power similar to Captain Marvel, but one, one of the things that Joshua... The, I think you, you forgot to mention right now, and it's, and it's worth mentioning, is that the episode, it feels like a Marvel movie. It, it really does, right? Everything. Yeah, and it also starts, the, the that episode pretty much gives us a timeline of when, of when the, the events of WandaVision are, are taking place. And this is taking place a few, I think it was eight weeks or three weeks after uh Avengers Endgame. Right? right. So if we go to timeline, it's Avengers Endgame, One Division, and then Spider-Man Fra- Far From Home. And you know, who knows how they put that timeline now because they pushed all these movies. Like I was gonna ask you a question. Like obviously this is a one season show, right? They're not gonna bring everyone back. But because of that's, COVID and all these movies getting pushed out, they might be able to do a second season. That's that is a question that we should uh, put a pin on it for when the series ends because so far the the series is is just like you said it's a limited series with just one season and I don't think we're going to get more because I don't know it's uh, you're not going to go back with the old uh, movie sitcoms or, or anything like that. And I'm no, pretty sure when this show ends, they really put a ribbon on the end of it. But uh, with all these movies getting pushed out, I mean. They could do a second season, but I'm pretty sure they wrapped it all up. But anyway, uh, part of the, uh, we part of the interruption. Mike Rambo shows up to do a uh, missing person report. It's a missing town. We find out that – so Wanda is now – has her kids. Uh, Monica Rambo helps deliver them. She says that Pietro was killed by Ultron, which brings up her brother. She yeah. and, She pushes her out of that bubble. Now – she has her kids. She's happy. The kids are growing up. Vision is becoming more aware. The people are acting weirder and weirder now that Vision's noticing these things. We don't see these people acting weird through Wanda's eyes. We do a little bit, but it's more through Vision sees them all acting weird all the time. And Agnes shows up and she's like, do you want me to repeat my lines? So, and we all know that Wanda is in control. But then Pietro shows up and she says, I didn't do that. Now he shows up. He looks different. So, is you now? You think Mephisto's involved, right? I think that's, that yes, Mephisto is involved in one way or the other. I'm I'm not a hundred percent. Well, the, like I said, I think I said it before, or I told a friend of mine. The thing is that the involvement of the twins, the the characters of the twins, their origin stories involve Mephisto. So in a way, uh, in, in a way, you have like all these events that pretty much are pointing out to Mephisto, but it's not 100% guaranteed. 
the fact is right now that, for example, you said like they're if they're breaking the fourth wall, right? But I don't think that they're doing it. Uh, they're they're doing something more meta because the the fact that Darcy, the Cat Dennings character, says she recast Pietro. Here's the thing. The the fact that they brought Evan Peters, who played Quicksilver in the X-Men movies, right? For all the characters in the MCU, in, in the MCU storyline, that doesn't mean anything. But for us, the viewers, the fans, it means a lot. It, it is it is a lot of fan service. Um, in episode six, when he's talking to her, and I don't know if you caught this, but he runs away and she goes, kick-ass. Like, out of nowhere. Yeah, She's referring that's... to the movie Kick-Ass where they both play Quicksilver. Exactly. Exactly. The, those are very small references and stuff like that. But, again, we are not like... Um, I don't think that we're getting... Uh, we're, we're definitely getting a very smart, well-written thriller here. Right? And... I was excited for today's, for yesterday's episode, episode six. And because now we got, we, it was a reference to Malcolm in the Middle. I like the claymation commercial. I didn't understand that one. Honestly, me neither. I, I heard rumors that Yo Magic is a reference to, uh, is it, is it whichever kid that Scarlet Witch's powers come from? Is it Tommy or is it which one is it? It's Billy. Billy. Um, Yo magic is apparently something to do with his magic. So I, I guess, but then the kid dies. I don't know. Maybe that kid dying was supposed to be Vision at the end of the episode. I, I didn't get that one at all. But well, um, well, so far the theory that I've heard is that all of the commercials, one way or the other, reference uh, Wanda's uh, story backstory. Right, you had like the Stark missile that killed their, her parents. Then you have Strucker, who was the guy who you know, recruited her to become uh, uh, an experiment. Then you, she finds out that she's working for Hydra. Right in episode four, we don't have a commercial, but then in episode five, we have like Lego Lagos paper towels, which is a reference to Civil War when she caused uh, an explosion in Lagos, and now we're pretty much caught up. Um... Well, I heard something that the the Hydra soap, that was actually referenced in an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, where, there's, uh, there's a, a, a small wink to something that they said about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., now, it was the agent that died in uh, Avengers. Uh, he had all Captain America's baseball cards. Yeah, yeah, Phil Coulson. Yeah, he uh, he was in an episode of Agent S.H.I.E.L.D. and he said there was this soap and when you use it, it wipes your mind and become brainwashed. So I think that referred to Wanda taking over this town and brainwashing him. But I, 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 I mean, that's like more of a knob, maybe something. But uh, the, the thing is that, for example... All of the episodes right now, one of the things that I liked about the series so far is that all of the episodes are getting better and better and better, which is something weird to find nowadays in, in movies. Sometimes you go like, okay, some episodes remain the same, some, some episodes drop the ball, but so far the storytelling 
which is clear, which clearly it's, uh, it, it clearly it's an episode. It, it's a series that you cannot, it's a story that you cannot be able to tell on movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, like I said, this, this show, I'll say it again. It reminds me a lot of lost. It always keeps you thinking, wondering yeah. what the hell is going to happen next. And I haven't seen a show in a long time that can keep me hooked. Like I, Show, movie shows used to come out on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, whatever. I haven't remembered. I can't remember the last TV show that I couldn't wait for Friday to see the next episode. I, I really can't. Hmm. What? Well, th yeah, no, I agree. That's I. I agree with the the strategy that there are that that they're implementing of releasing this week by week. It keeps it keeps me excited. However. I'll, I'll tell you one thing that I didn't like, right? And even though episode six, the, the episode that came yesterday was really, really good. And I love all the references and the Easter eggs and all that. There was a, I, I felt, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little bit frustrated, to be honest. Really? Really? Yeah, because I'm. For example, there's a scene where, where Pietro asks her like, "How you do it?" And I was like, "Yeah, how how do you do it? Spill it. She Say says, something." She says, "I don't know." Give us, give us some answers. Well, well, obviously you don't know how to talk to women, okay? So this is the thing. So no, so you're mad that she didn't give him an answer because she looks away and goes, "I don't know how I did it." I just remember yeah, being alone I, and being... I mean, again, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This is a thriller. I know that you have to build up the mystery, but also my concern I think, is... I think you're missing something right there, though. I think when he tells her, we he asks her, how are you doing this? And she says, I don't know. I was just in a dark place. I don't remember anything. I think she's actually being manipulated, too. Someone's yeah, harvesting I agree. power. Yeah, her yeah, but the, I was feeding off that, her depression those, or her yeah. sadness or something like that. Yeah, but the thing is that all of those become, in the end, they're not the specific answers. And I really, I want answers by now. By, for example, well, I episode think six. If, if you compare it, if you compare it to, for example, to The Mandalorian, right? In, in storytelling wise, I know, I, I know there are different genres and styles and everything. Granted, but. If you compare it to the Mandalorian, by this point, we were like we we have a, a clear uh, we're we we are way over half of the episodes. By this I point, could, we have, I could hey, not disagree with you more. What? <laughs> no, keep going. I, I just I, I could not disagree with you more about this because the Mandalorian was such a movie where one episode was story driven. The next episode was let's go on an adventure. The next episode let's get back to the story. Next episode story driven. This is actually story driven the entire way through. Okay, that, yes, the fact that, that she can't remember right. it, yes, she would have told you. Pietro if she could. She would have told him. She cannot remember why how she did it. She just knows she can. So I think she's getting help that she doesn't understand what? that she's getting, which is probably Agnes or something like mm -hmm. that. She is getting help to do this, and she doesn't know how she's doing it because it's way too powerful for her to do. I, I'm, I'm just like I'm, I'm enjoying the show. I'm really am enjoying the show a lot. 
but I'm also getting a little bit tired about all of the the fan theories and and I just want answers right now here and again this is something that I'm but not you know liking you do, but Augusto? at the same time I got to credit stop to watching it Uh-huh here's what you do watching it right wait till it's over then yeah. watch the whole thing at once and you won't be disappointed Ah, uh, that that is that that is one way to look at it. And yes, a lot of people sh- are. I, I know a lot, uh, a couple of people that are, that they are doing that. But it's very hard to keep your keep yourself away from spoilers right now here. But overall, that, that aggression again, you're feeling is a good thing. If a yes. film, if a show can make you do that, then they're doing their job. Exactly. That's what that's what I was going to say. That I know I know that I'm saying this as a bad thing that I'm not liking about the, the just like and just to be clear, I'm just saying that this about the last episode, episode six of WandaVision. But overall, yes, I gotta give credit to the writers and to the showrunner and the director and everyone involved with this series that they are doing a great job right now here with WandaVision. Uh, absolute uh, great job here uh i just you know i uh, i just want more man i just want more and and it's it's sad that there isn't uh, i haven't had i'm like a junkie man i haven't had a marvel movie i i was supposed to get two movies last year but i didn't and now there's titles thousands- right yeah um <laughs> one thing i want to leave off on is uh before we get to our main topic is um yeah we never found out what happened to that beekeeper guy. When uh, they came from the sewers. That that that's the thing, man. I think that I'm, that's also another thing that that has me a little bit worried. We we only have three episodes left, and every episode so far, it's leaving us with a, a cliffhanger. So yeah. if you're going to, if if rumors are are correct, and you're going to introduce something. Uh, a few another characters that are supposed to come along, right? In three episodes, I think that things might get a little bit overcrowded. That's that's one of the worries that I have. Now, yeah. I heard a rumor that there's a secret. It's supposed to be nine episodes, but there's a rumor going around in in in, in the internet that it's actually going to be ten episodes, not nine. Uh, you know, something I left off earlier before we get off this topic is yeah. the. Uh, when Monica Rambeau was brought to this town with Agent Wu uh, mm. for a missing person, uh, that missing person was Vision because they lost no, the body. I think they I lost know, the man. body, and I think Sword was like, "We have a missing person." No, I think I think that the missing person might be even. It could be Evan Peters' uh, character. It could be another character that according to rumors, might be introduced in later episodes. I don't know. That's but that's the thing. We're three we only have three episodes left and we haven't gotten a single concrete answer to most m- most of the stuff. And I don't want oh. a tidal wave of of answers but for the last two episodes. Or well, the last episode. Here, here's no. another thing before I forget it. Um, Pietro asked, uh, she asked Pietro, where's your accent? And he says, what happened to your accent too? When she came out of the bubble and talked to, you know, Sword, she had an accent. 
But then when she went back into the bubble, she didn't have her accent. When he asked her, where's your accent? She went, I don't know. So I don't think she's in complete control. I think her mind's kind of getting wiped when she goes back into the bubble, too. Yes, I agree. All right. So, okay, uh, so we, we we have like we'll come back. We'll talk again about one division. Basically, if we're going, if we're we are keeping with this format, by the next time that we talk about one division here on the show on the podcast, we'll prop we'll talk about the episode from seven to nine. Which if if there is if there isn't a ten secret episode, will be the final episode, and we'll. Uh, We'll, we'll discuss about everything while we're if we like this series in all in the end or not if we're going to get a second season or not and whatever happens in the next three episodes that are left so we're going to move on now with our main topic now this is Kyle's baby he has been pushing for this team and labor for 12 hours man <laughs> and Basically, uh, it's it's a very, it's actually a very good theme that we, we try to you know uh, spin around the, the the episode around it with the news that we select and all of that. And it's, it's an episode that we like to call the HBO Max experiment. So, okay, Kyle, this is your baby. Deliver it. Take take us home. All right. So by the time you guys listen to this podcast, Wonder Woman has left HBO Max, and all the little things are on HBO Max. If you guys aren't familiar, uh, Warner Brothers made a deal with HBO Max that they would release all their movies on their streaming platform. They would be releasing theaters as well on the same day. If you have HBO Max, you have a chance to watch this movie. But after 30 days, the movie will fall off HBO Max, but it will continue in theaters. Um, this is an experiment that I think you know everybody wanted to do. Uh, of course, a lot of people want to stream right to uh, companies want to stream right to TV. There's actually some kind of weird law that doesn't allow you to. Uh, but with COVID, you know, we're kind of all bending some rules right now. Um, Augusto, you saw Wonder Woman, correct? Yes. Okay. Did you enjoy Wonder Woman? Yeah, I do. I enjoy Wonder Woman. It made my top ten list of movies of 2020 at number ten. Because it was the superhero movie, like I said, I'm a junkie with superhero movies, and I I got that from Wonder Woman, you know. But definitely, I think the experience I I missed watching the 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 movies on on uh, on 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 a, on a theater. But I think that what's kind of like. What's what's odd about the decision of HBO Max is that okay we're 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 still going to support the movie theaters, but we're also going to release the movies on on our streaming platform. And right now, because of COVID, the the streaming wars it's more intense than ever. So you got Disney Plus right now with their strategy that they're that they. Are going to they're going release, to charge you thirty dollars. Yes, they're going movies. to release some of, some of their movies with by, with a thirty dollar uh, like a premium service. But you also have other content like One Division that's going to re be released week by week. And then after One Division, we're going to have like one or two weeks with no new content. And then we have the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And again, we are going to have the the release week by week. So that's Disney Plus strategy. Then you have Netflix, 
and Netflix released a trailer where they were going, where they said that every week you're going to get a new movie on Netflix. And this is, these are not just uh, like, for example, The Irishman or Roma. We're talking about the Dwayne Johnson movies. We're talking about, uh, for example, uh, yesterday, the, the, uh, to all the boys I, I love came out and then we're going to get the kissing booth. And, but the thing is that the strategy is that we're going to have a movie each week. And then in, on top of that, you also going to have the, their respective original Netflix series. So, The strategy, I think that Netflix strategy, it's much more solid than the one of HBO Max. Because I'm looking here at, H at HBO Max, right? And, for example, like you said... The well, according, thing, to Chris, uh, according to Christopher Nolan, is the worst streaming platform. Just But I, I, I have to agree with that. I have to agree with that because so far, they don't have original content. And then you have... Well, like, that's, for not example, why, that's not why they took this deal. They took this deal because they needed content for their streaming platform right exactly which is which is fine i mean hbo has you know original content but not enough to explode like the way disney and netflix are uh, i mean they could and that's why they're using warner brothers to come in and probably create a partnership or something like that but the real reason i want to talk to you about this was you said you liked wonder woman it was on your number one is it, is it your number 10 in your top yes. 10 list so now wonder woman's out a little things come in Now, you haven't mm -hmm. seen it yet, right? I haven't seen the little things, but I know that the that the reviews weren't very kind to it. Okay, so I had a chance to see this movie. I did not care for it at all. I remember talking to my sister a little, uh, about it for a little bit, and uh, she was like, I couldn't stand it either. So I was like, uh, maybe, maybe it wasn't just me. But the real question I want to ask is, these movies that are coming on HBO Max, right? Let's say, uh, let's say the little things, right? Mm -hmm. Would you have gone to the theater to see this movie? If, if the reviews are even good, would you have gone to the theater? Uh, I think that that's, that's a really good question. And uh, which is something that I can compare with Netflix. But in the case of the little things, I, I wouldn't have, I maybe, maybe I would have because of Denzel Washington But if it's But, a movie like Wonder Woman or Godzilla vs. Kong, right, you're going to go to the cinema to see these movies, right? Because you want to see it blown up. You want to see it big because it's action, it's adventure, there's a lot of CGI, right? You want to see a big motion picture, right? Yeah. But if it's a smaller movie, you're probably not going to go pay your ticket to go see that movie. But if they can take a deal with WB and you can sit at home and watch it and everybody makes money, mm -hmm. that hand washes the other hand, right? Yes. But that, that's, that's one of the... That here, here's the thing, Kyle. If I'm looking at them, all of the movies that are coming out on uh, on HBO Max, right? And some of them are like smaller movies. Like for example, yesterday, the Judas and the Black Messiah is a smaller movie, definitely aimed at at, at, at as a, as an Oscar movie, as an Academy Award movie. Right, and then you have, for example, the next next week we have Tom and Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> right? So that's that's something that like, like you know like it's a mixed salad of big blockbusters. I think that WB knew that they had a lot of 
not great movies coming out, so they had to strike this deal because they would have bombed at the box office otherwise. But then you have, for example, other movies like The Conjuring, right? Then you have other like Space Jam. Then you have The Suicide Squad from James Gunn, movies that might be good or are looking to be good. Then you have James Wan, uh, Malignant. Then you have uh, The Many Saints of Newark. And, and, and another movie, which is, uh, one of what was one of my most anticipated, of uh, 2020 Dune. Right. And so the thing is, for example, for I example, heard something Dune, that Dune wasn't going to be on HBO Max. Now Dune is going to be on HBO Max, but it's, it's, that's, it's risky. And I hope that, but, but here's another thing that I want to, speaking of Dune, for example, we know why why they're doing this because of COVID nineteen. It's it's understandable, and depending on when you on on what side you're on, you might agree or disagree with it, right? But then you have the fact that right now the Biden administration it's moving fast with the with the delivery of, of vaccines. Right, and I, I heard that maybe by July or June they'll get the major population will be vaccinated from COVID. Right. So, I think my my question is: Do you think that it's worth it that they're doing this? Right. Yeah, yeah. When, I, I, I think it's I think it's so worth it. Uh, it's a no brainer. I wouldn't be surprised if this deal goes into 2022. To be honest really? with you. I wouldn't be surprised because uh, the mentality up here is that, you know, we want these vaccinations. There's also a population that doesn't want the vaccinations and there's a population that doesn't know they can get the vaccinations. So I think once the vaccination starts rolling out, which would be probably halfway through 2021, and then you still have to get your second dose and that goes back into 2022. I think this stuff's going to be closed down a lot longer than people think. Cause, and then you get the men, well, even when everyone's vaccinated, right? Let's say we're all vaccinated, we're all happy. We all kind of look a little weird to the person next to us when we when we walk up to each other because we're like, "Are we sure everything's fine?" You know, like we're all still going to be paranoid. Yeah. So I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if they move this deal into 2022 because even if they do and this thing works, then you're going to get people talking and they start rewriting rules, and I think you're going to see a lot of movies starting to stream to home platforms. Uh, uh, faster than you'd think. But then you have, for example, again, with Dune, Dune is supposed to be a, a two-part movie, right? And uh, the director, Danny Villeneuve, said, by doing this deal of moving the mo of moving the release date to HBO Max, you're killing the possibility to make another a sequel because well, obviously because they're not making their money back from their advertising exactly because movies like hbo max they don't have the budget or the requirement to make huge movies like uh like i don't Dune. understand how they're making their money right so like uh for instance i didn't have hbo max right so then wonder woman comes out so i pay the 14.99 and i get my hbo max which is pretty much the price of a theater ticket right so i'm watching a movie for the same price i pay for a ticket i watch mm -hmm. the movie i don't need hbo max after i see that movie so i i deactivate my account i have it till the end of the month and then if next month a movie comes out that i don't want to see i don't reactivate my hbo max 
Exactly. Exactly. That's that's the strategy that I'm not getting. And if you look again compared to Netflix, if you're if you're if you're starting 2021 with a Netflix account, just new, you're going to get a movie each week. And so you don't have an excuse to cancel your your subscription to Netflix. The same goes to Disney Plus. If you're starting 2021 with a Disney account and you and you subscribe to Disney Plus, you're going to get new content week by week. Well, see, right? that's why a lot of these streaming services are getting rid of their seven day trial because I think they're trying to bring on bigger budget movies during COVID to stream them. So, like, if I could, I could sign up for HBO Max, get my seven-day trial, watch one movie for free, exactly. share my password with my friends, we all watch it, and then we dump it, and then we're gone. Exactly. So, that's so. why are you if, – if you tell me that HBO Max is coming out with this deal, and they are also going to release all of their movies on theaters and HBO Max, but we're also going to get one movie, one new movie. I don't care if, if it's a big budget, like – Tom versus Godzilla, or or a small movie like Will Smith's uh, King Richard. With I don't care if you tell me that I'm getting one movie per week, I'll I'll give you my take my money. I'll I'll do it. I'll yeah. do it freely because then it's it's something like going back in a way to the all because the thing about last year you told me and you said it before behind the scenes and last episode you didn't get to see a lot of new movies because of covid but now with Netflix Disney Plus and now HBO Max you have an opportunity to get new movies at least a week it was it was inevitable it just took a freaking virus to convince these studios to do it like it's not really the studio's fault because the studios would love to stream to you. It really would. It's the box office that's giving them the problem. But one of the original reasons I wanted to ask you about the HBO Max experiment was mm-hmm. as I'm watching Wonder Woman, right? And I had a really frustrating time with the, the CGI of that movie. It was, it was awful, but we'll talk about that another day. I was watching it. And now I have a really high-end TV, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I'm looking at the animation, uh, you know, it's 4K, blah, blah, blah. It's got all the everything. And I realized my TV is probably more powerful than the projectors at the theaters. So if mm-hmm. I watch this in a theater, it will probably look better on my TV. And I don't need a huge screen because my, my TV's 62 inches, right? It's already pretty big. Yeah. But it's way more high def. So is it – so you go to the theater to get, like, the best experience – but my TV is giving me the best experience. If I go to the theater, I'm going to hear some kid, you know, talking on his phone next to me. That's not the best experience. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> is sitting at home and watching a movie better than going to the theaters? Um, I think so. Yeah, I think I think theaters are a, a way better. I I don't know, man, because for example, I don't get the same feeling of watching a Marvel movie in theaters the same way that watching them on television. Because on television, I can stop, rewind, and catch the little details that 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 happen on the on the theater. But when you walk out of a theater, theater when you walk out of a theater screen, you walk out like what the hell just happened. Exactly. But also on the theater you're immersed on the experience of watching the movie, 
Right. See, I'm, the, I'm, I'm, diff- I'm different. When I'm at home, I'm immersed. When I'm in the theater, maybe it's because it's me. I'm just mad at everyone around me, like making noise, chewing their popcorn too loud, pissing me off. Well, yeah, they're, 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 every theater experience is different. But for me, for example, the pro- my problem with watching a movie uh, on on at home is that you're you. I end up playing Candy Crush on my phone, or I can't watch it comfortably because. My father, he he's having a Zoom call for work, or or my dog is barking, you know. So there are a lot of distractions in in there. There's a potential. There are a lot you of need potential. Get, you need to get a pair of nice headphones, man. Uh, some Bluetooth pair headphones. I don't know. I'm talking like Turtle Beaches, like the like Dre Beats, like something like that. That wrap around your ear. That's what I use, like noise canceling things. Turn the volume all the way up. I'm good. But for example, uh, without counting the Zack Snyder, can you give me? Do you know at least three movies that you're excited from HBO Max that you that you want to watch? Uh, I haven't really looked up a lot of the list. Okay, let, let me let me let me let me read you the list. Okay? I know, like obviously, King Kong versus Godzilla is coming out. Okay, then you have Mortal Kombat. Then well, you yeah, have, I'm, I'm going to watch that too. Yeah. Okay. Then you have The Conjuring. Actually, I am excited for this Conjuring movie. Okay. Um, let, I, I'll, uh, I'll give you, let me read you the list. Let me, let me read you the list. And you only have to pick three. Okay. Okay. So we have, we already have like uh, Tom and Jerry. Nobody cares about them, even though they're a classic. But then we have Godzilla versus Kong, Mortal Kombat, The Conjuring. In the Heights, a, a musical. Then you have Space Jam, A New Legacy, <laughs> The Suicide Squad, Malignant, The Many Saints of Newark, Dune, King Richard, and The Matrix 4, and finally, uh, Reminiscence. Yeah, I'm actually excited about a lot of titles on this list, to be honest with you. Okay, uh, you, only have, you can only pick three of them. Uh, three. Well, I got to be excited about Matrix 4, right? Because uh, I don't know what's going to happen, so it's pretty much up in the air. Uh, the right. Wachowskis aren't coming back for that movie, correct? Somebody just, just one. Just one. Uh, Lana. Lana Wachowski. Okay, Lana Wachowski coming out. Uh, King Kong. Godzilla vs. King Kong. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I know it's going to suck. <laughs> right? I mean, they... they it, they always do, but it's just stupid fun. Turn your brain off to watch. So yeah, I'm actually really excited about this next Conjuring movie. Um, okay, so I did. I didn't like so Conjuring Matrix, two. Matrix four. Yeah, the Conjuring. The uh, devil. The devil made me. The devil made me do it. And what we watched. What was the other one that you said? Uh, Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna watch that. Okay, so you were saying about the Conjuring. Yeah. So. I really I like the Conjuring one because I grew up in that area. I could actually drive to that house that it was uh, based on. Conjuring two, I didn't care for. Then the Annabelles came out and the nuns and stuff like that. I didn't care for that. But this, uh, the devil made me do it. I think they're really gonna like, like, you know, be more low key on the horror on this one because it's basically just a courtroom drama about a guy who blacked out and when he woke up his his wife was dead. And he had to go to court, and it was the first time that someone being possessed was the defense of why he did it. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that this movie isn't just too over the top, you know, 
creatures in the night, shadows following you while you're going to the bathroom, and more about like this whole this real. I, I wish it was more of a documentary. Honestly, it sounds very interesting. So I hope they they dull down the horror of it and make it more about realistic horror and like what actually happened. Hmm. Well, Which yeah, they won't do. That's that's one of the things that I like about the Conjuring movies that they are based on real people. Now, whether whether you believe on the supernatural or, or not, the 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 Warrens, right? They uh, they existed. They are they are actual real people who who address and try to help others with the supernatural uh, beliefs, right? So <clears throat> I agree with you that uh, now that you're you're explaining more about the courtroom drama. I think there's there you have there a, a mix, uh, a combination of genres between the courtroom drama and the horror, which is going to be really interesting. And this is uh, the movie that James Wan left. Uh, he didn't leave it, but he left it in good hands. So uh, I'm hoping that supposedly, supposedly. Oh, I saw. I saw. No, it was funny. I was watching YouTube, and uh, an ad came on. It has to be a, you know, a promotion thing for this movie, and that's why I know as much about it as I do because I would. Never looked into another contract. Is there a trailer for, for this movie? What's that? Is there a trailer for, for this movie? No, it was for, more like for... James Wan talking about how he left it to this uh to this other guy. I think he was a, a producer on his other movies and he said it couldn't be in better hands. I know that's politic talk and blah blah blah, but I'd like to believe him, so makes me happy. Well my my three picks, I agree with you with the Matrix Four. I think they have a amazing cast. You, you got Neil Patrick Harris, for example, in the movie. No, right? we don't have any details on this movie, though, right? No, we don't. We know we don't. We only know that it's going to be called Matrix uh, Resurrection, right? But then you have my, my my second pick is it's one of a movie that I was expecting for last year, Dune. No, I'm a huge fan of its director, Villeneuve, from Arrival, Prisoners, and Sicario. I like he, all those movies. Was this the director that did um, the new Blade Runner movie as well? Yes. Yeah. Yes. As well. But and the reason he did that movie was because he said he didn't want anyone else to fuck it up. That's yeah, the only reason he took that movie, because he knew he was going to make a lot of money on it. And then Warner Brothers came and probably possibly fucked him up with the with this new strategy right now. Here. <laughs> well, we're all dealing with it. But what's your third pick, Augusto? Okay, my third pick is going to be Space Jam: A New Legacy. No, <laughs> you kidding yes. me? I'm going with Space Jam. I want the Looney Tunes. Back with LeBron James. I know it's going to suck, but it's still it's one of it's, it's a film that okay. I want to see if you're going to be as bad as you as I'm thinking as I think you're going to be, but also if you turn out to be a good movie, I, I'm gonna low I'm gonna risk high reward. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. That, that's it. That's it. <laughs> um, man, Space Jam. Um, the, the, the worst part about the Space Jam movie is, like, I grew up with Space Jam, Michael Jordan, right? And uh, mm. I love that movie. And that movie is actually 
kind of funny. It gets a bad rap. It's like Michael Jordan really poked fun of himself in that movie for not being a good baseball player. <laughs> so that's why he had to go back to basketball. Yeah. <laughs> so he really poked I remember he's sitting in a living room watching ESPN. Like, he couldn't hit that with a tennis racket. He turns it off and goes, come on, man. Like, he, he definitely had fun poking himself fun at himself but are they going to make fun of lebron taking flops all the time like is lebron going to make fun of himself or is this just going to be him in the looney tunes and it's going to be a really bad uh who killed roger rabbit movie uh, i don't know man i think that they're going to to try and um, do something like the first one because that that's the thing we don't have a trailer we don't have I don't uh, think LeBron James goes golfing, so I don't know how he's going to get down that golf hole and go to Lewington Town. So, yeah, but I, I, I also I'm I would I would love to see Michael Jordan have a cameo at some point during the movie. Uh, no, you, you know, got to bring Bill Murray James, back again. LeBron, here's the thing: LeBron James has a spark for comedy, you know, so. Let's see if uh, if it turns out to be good. Right yeah, he now, was yeah. actually really funny in Trainwrecked. Exactly. That's 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 the film I'm talking about. But I don't know. I think that uh, LeBron James. I, I like him. He's a good athlete. He's a, a, a good role model. So I'm also glad that they. Uh, I, I'm I'm not trying to get political, but. I'm glad that they stick with an African American uh, athlete for the movie right now here. No, just to keep it like in the same um, uh, theme and logic, you know. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I think LeBron James was one of the most advocate people to want to remake that movie because at one point they didn't want to cast him. They want to bring Forrest—not uh, Forrest Griffin. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna get it wrong. They want to bring another basketball player to do it. And then went back to LeBron. So I think he was a real advocate to be in this movie, whether it was for the right reasons or if he just wanted to be in the same movie that Michael Jordan was in to compare himself. Who knows? But uh, Augusto. But, but um, just to be clear, he's not retiring yet, right? LeBron no, is not. No, no, he's not retired. Okay, okay. Okay, so as always, well, not as always because we're just in episode two, but one thing that, we lo that we're going to do at the end of each episode is that we're going to give you our weekly recommendations of a movie, of a TV series, of a, a video game, book, whatever you're reading, or whatever you're whatever you're doing. Just if you want to take take it up, take it on us as a recommendation. Perfect. So, Kyle, what's your recommendation for this week? Okay, so I have not had a lot of chances to watch uh, movies lately. Mm -hmm. um, So I was thinking at work yesterday, uh, a movie that me and Augusto are going to review in the next episode called Malcolm Marie. It reminded me a lot of, uh, you know, in TV when they say they have bottle episodes, which is people in one room, they don't really move yeah. around a lot. That's what that movie reminded me of. I don't know what they call that in film, but in TV, they call it a bottle episode. So it, it made me, it reminded me of this movie called The Man from Earth. I don't know if you ever heard of it. No, I let me let me just Google it here, man. Uh, so this Earth. is the most low budget movie you will ever see in your life. Uh, it almost feels like a college uh, film. Uh, it was written by one of the head writers from Star Trek, actually on his deathbed. You never got a chance to see it. Uh, it's about a man who is moving away, 
and he has six of his best wait, friends. Wait, 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 wait. What's, what's your recommendation? Malcolm and Marie or The Man from Earth? The Man from Earth. I'm saying Malcolm and Marie reminded me of this movie. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yes, I, I just got confused on that. Okay, so your recommendation is The Man from Earth, a film from 2007. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so it reminded me of this because it's just, it's just a couple people in one room in a house, and that's it. That's all the movie is. And it's about this guy who is moving away, and he's a professor of history at the local college. And all his friends that come over are also professors in their respective you know, degrees. And all he has left mm -hmm. in his house is a chair, some boxes, and a couch. And they come over, and they drink Johnny Walker. They're helping him move out a little bit. And they're just saying their goodbyes, and they don't know why he's leaving. And then he decides to tell them that he is actually 14,000 years old, and he was born as a caveman. And they're like laughing along. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll play along with your game. And since you have all these people from different, you know, degrees, they can really like kind of counter him and try to like break his story. But he's like, he says every answer perfectly. So they're playing along, playing along, and they start getting angry at him because they're like, dude, you don't really actually think you're a caveman, do you? He's like, no, I am. And it escalates and escalates and escalates. And it turns into a story about politicals, religion, and everything because he saw. An entire lifetime since he's 14,000 years old. And it says mm -hmm. the reason he has to move is because you're all noticing that I'm not aging, so I keep moving on. When he was younger, when he got to the age of about 35, he stopped aging. So he, they, they wanted to you know, kill him because they thought he was sucking the life out of them. So he, he's always on the move. So the whole story is, do you believe that he is a caveman or do you think that he's messing with his friends? And it, it's, okay. and it has a twist ending at the end. It's it's a, an amazing movie. It is extremely low budget. It probably looks like a Gusto's film that he made. It's no, <laughs> I, I, didn't no... make, I didn't make a film, man. I, I wrote a script. Oh, I thought you but, said you made a film, yeah, but I, I've seen other, like let's say, low budget uh, works right now. Here, but it there. all takes okay. place in it all takes place in pretty much one room, and it's all dialogue. And you're along for the ride. I actually watched it last night to refresh my memory. It's just, it's so good, Augusto. I, I really hope you watch this movie. Okay, so the the man from Earth is Kyle's recommendation. Let me see here. You just want to see, okay, so eight, IGN gave it an eight out of ten. Calling call it an intellectual sci-fi. Okay. It's 100% on Rob. Okay, so my... Too. What's what's the Rotten Tomatoes score? A hundred percent. Damn. Yeah, really? I'm telling you, man, dude. And it's the and the guy. All right, so the guy who directed the movie, right? He mm -hmm. said that if he it was only released in like one festival, right? It never went to theaters, and he said that if it wasn't for online piracy, no one would have saw my movie. So he he thanked people they illegally downloaded his movie, so it got noticed. And there was actually a sequel that came out. A few years Bam. ago, okay, maybe so a couple years ago. Word, I don't recommend that movie as much. The, the the man from Earth. Okay, guys. So there you have it. That's the basically the HBO Max uh, experiment right now. Uh, whether you subscribe or not to it, let us know what 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 do you think? Do you prefer another streaming service like Netflix, Amazon, or Disney Plus, or what 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 what's your take on it? But 
uh, as we're going to do on every episode, we're going to leave you with our weekly recommendation of something, whether it's a movie, whether it's a TV series, a video game, a uh, food recipe, even uh, whatever, whatever it's going on with our lives as well. Right. So Kyle, you, do you have a weekly recommendation for us? Yes, I do. It's called what the hell is a foot recipe? A, f a food, a food, you know what you cook. <laughs> what, 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 be? Yeah, maybe I don't know, man. W weekly recommendation can be whatever we want, you know. A foot, a foot, like my foot, my feet, right? Is this a no, no foot, man? Foot, oh, like food. Yeah, food. Yeah, I, 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 I thought you were saying foot recipe. I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> People, guys, I'm from Mexico. <laughs> I, I'm mix. I'm Latino. And sometimes my pronunciation <laughs> might get in the way, but when I say a food recommendation, <laughs> I'm not talking about your foot or your feet. Oh yeah. So, okay. okay? So, I'm talking about what you, what you put leave, on the kitchen. Leave it. Leave it in the comments below if you heard the word foot like I did. Anyway, <laughs> so I have a movie for you. Um, my movie is called The Man from Earth. Okay, mm -hmm. this is a, an extremely low budget film. Okay. Um, it was written by one of those uh, Star Trek's like head writers. I remember hearing about this years ago when I saw it. He actually wrote this on his deathbed. Never got a chance to see it. It's about a man named John Oldman who has uh, five or six friends over uh, while he's moving out. Um, mm -hmm. All he has left in his house is like a chair and a couch, and uh, it all takes place in one room, pretty much next to a fireplace. And he decides to tell his friends that he is a 14,000-year-old man that was born during uh, during the caveman times and lived through wow. all of the world's biggest, you know, his, uh, all of history. And um, now all his friends are professors at uh, the college that he works at. He's a professor of, of history, obviously, since he supposedly lived through this whole time. So he has all the elements that he needs to create a story to see if they, he can debunk it. So he goes on with the story that he's a caveman and then goes through the time and talks about how he lived, what he saw, what he can't remember, and uh, what he thinks about modern day time. And really goes into a – uh, well, I cannot say that word. He goes through a discussion of um, <laughs> if, if – um, where you are in life, right? So like when I watched mm -hmm. this movie when I was younger, I just got – I just really like this type of uh, movie that's really low budget and makes you think. And now that I got older, I watched it again, and it made me think a little different way because there's characters that they get mad. Like, at first, they're very happy for him because they're like, all right, I'll play a little game. Like, ask me a question. And he keeps answering them so well that they start thinking like, all right, this guy might have mental issues because he has a really good job. And now he's moving away after living with these people for 10 years. But he tells them every 10 years I have to move away because you, you, you notice that I stop aging. So I'm, I'm always on the move. And uh, it's a really hard movie to explain. Uh, if you watch it, it's only an hour and like 30 minutes long, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. You used to be able to watch it on YouTube for free. The director of the movie said that it was only released at one festival, and he said that if it wasn't for online piracy, no one would have ever saw my movie. And <laughs> I I saw this movie through a friend because it was on Netflix and it was on YouTube for free. I went to go watch it last night to refresh my memory. It's not on mm -hmm. Netflix and it's not on YouTube for free anymore. You can only get it through Amazon Prime. 
So this movie has weight because they came out with a sequel a couple of years earlier. What's, what's the Tomatoes score for the Tomato? Uh, it has a one, a zero, and a zero, and a percentage side next to it. So I think it's pretty good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they released a sequel where John Oldman returns as his character and uh, has another discussion with younger kids. It's kind of like, it, I, I'd have to watch it again, but it was kind of a letdown to see this indie movie that came out. But I don't want to talk too much about that, but watch that movie think what it was. But this I got movie, a question for you. I got, I got a question for you. It was something uh, somewhat related with the what you, you what you told about the, the premise of the movie. If you're a guy, who, if you're in that situation that you have, that you don't age, right? And you have to move every 10 years from one place to another, right? Because obviously, in, in order to avoid suspicions, what when you move, do you move like, do you go like to another city or another state? Or do you go all the way out and move to another country? Well, Augusto. You're going to have to watch the movie because that is a question they explain. When I tell really? you that this movie, this movie is just him trying to tell his friends that he was born a caveman. And his friends ask him every question in the book and he answers them perfectly. You're going to be very impressed. So when they ask him, well, but what, do you move every 10 years to a different state or country? He, he gives them the answer. Well, all right, this isn't a spoiler, but he will mention in the movie that cities got bigger, things got bigger, I had to get a social security card, it got tough after a while, okay? I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. So, okay, Augusto, okay. I'm sure you've seen a movie once in your life, right? Yes. Yes, I have a movie, a little bit controversial one, okay? So, my... Uh, my my weekly recommendation is another movie called Life Itself. It came out in 2018, and it was directed it was directed by Dan Fogelman. He is the showrunner of the series This Is Us. It stars Oscar Isaac, Olivia Wilde, Mandy Patinkin, Olivia Cook, Laia Costa, Annette Bening, and Antonio Banderas. So basically, the story, it's the story. It follows multiple couples over numerous generations and their connections to a single event that happened in their lives, right? And the film was it, it received largely negative reviews from critics, right? Because it was said, "Oh, it's very manip manipulative." It's there, there's a lot of, uh, of the, the dialogue and stuff. And, and there, I, I'll agree, it's not a perfect movie. It's not a perfect movie. However, the basically, um, basically, the, what, what I like about the story is it feels a little bit very raw. The, the 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 performances of the story about the things and also it's 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 generally a love story a very real love story of how life 
It's very unpredictable. And there's a message in near the end of the story of the of the movie of how how you should go through life because life is something that can bring you down to your knees. So are but, these are these hmm? are these people that made mistakes and are learning from it in life? No, or? basically, basically, it's like it's every, it's like a, a Tarantino film where each it it has a chapters. Right. Okay. So you have one chapter that focuses. It it has a total of five chapters, and each one of them is shorter or 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 longer depending on the story. Right. It's very unexpected. It has some twists and turns here and there that that really I I said okay, I, there those are good. But the reason I'm mostly recommending the story, the film, is because in a year where life was suck was sucked as hell, the message that it has at the end on how to move on, it really got it really gets me. I've I saw it. This this was the second I saw it once in theater, and then I saw it once on, uh, on a few weeks ago on Amazon Prime. It's on Amazon. It's an Amazon movie, and I actually watch it because uh, I don't know if you remember Roxy Stryer from yeah. Shmoda. Okay, yeah. this was her favorite film from 2018. Really, right? And I remember I remember watching the trailer and I said, okay, I'm watching that movie. Because I'm I'm interesting. I I like the story and how how it was, but then it came out. There were negative reviews, and I was say, okay, so is it worth watching? I watched Roxy's review, and I said, okay, I'll watch it. And I liked it so much that it made my top ten of the year of that year at number ten. Because I know he has some flaws, but say that your it, last movie was number ten. The what? Did you say the last movie was number ten? Yes, uh, <laughs> Life itself. This film, this film made my number ten on 2018. Of oh, 18. oh, 18. Oh, eighteen. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, it, Oscar, Oscar Isaac is this weird guy that creeps up in these movies that are always good, and you forget it's always Oscar Isaac, right? He has like yeah. And alien- that's, that's, this is one of those films that Oscar Isaac was like, like very. All over the place. He was all over the place in a way that he was like comical, but at the same time, he was playing this guy who was feeling tortured. And and then you have Antonio Banderas, who is who. It's some, yeah, this, this this cast is stacked. Yeah, <laughs> it ha- it is. You even have Samuel L. Jackson in one scene. Oh my which gosh, is, which is real, really. Uh, a cool one, right? And then you have, for example, like I don't know. I think Olivia Wilde is. This is one of the few films that she does a great acting. Acting, you know, she's this cool girl. Nowadays, but the the message, man, the message. It's what it it. I was crying my eyes out when I saw it on theaters. So we have to make a promise, right? So we're making weekly recommendations for yeah. you know the the millions of people listening to our podcast, right? 
So yeah. we, <laughs> I mean, I think we would do an injustice if we actually didn't watch the movie that the other person recommended, right? I agree. So I agree. I, I'm going to have to watch this movie because the cast alone sounds amazing. And Oscar Isaac always shows up in these weirdest movies like Ex Machina, Alienation, but even Drive. Like, I forgot he was the guy in Drive. Like, this guy shows up everywhere. So anything he's in, I'm, I'm on board for. Okay. So and I'm going to watch The Man from Earth. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay, I got Amazon. I hope they don't charge me, but I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Okay, people. Yep, you want you wanted to say something? No, I was just saying, like, dude, please, please, everybody, watch this one. I'm telling you, you will. It's a good one. Okay, very well, man. Uh, well, thank you very much for listening to the Electric Movie Podcast. Uh, we had some the technical difficulties, but you know we're getting started. But the good the the thing is that we're trying here. We're trying to do something that we both enjoy, and hopefully you'll enjoy as well. And You know, we're just having fun here, and hopefully we'll bring you something week by week right now here. When Once we get the formula for this uh, awesome, fun show, uh, figure it out, okay? My name is Augusto Sanoja, my Cal Hill, my, my guy here, Kyle McIlred. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say, man? Uh, all I want to say is uh, everyone be safe, wear your mask, and we'll see you next week. Yes, and if you have any food recipes, share it, share it with uh, us. Yeah, actually, me, uh, I always try to know that too. Like, do you do you use that like a uh, grater thing on the end of your toe because it's getting too much? Is that like Parmesan yeah, cheese? Yeah, yeah. You, you and you do it with toe, toenail clippings on the on the top as a garnish, maybe or something like that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, <laughs> you, you know, there's this, there's a sketch of Key and Peel where the guy says, "I want a cellar door." Oh, oh, with a foot on it. He's like, oh, I like some, uh, I like some barbed wire wrapped in a two by four. <laughs> Give me some of them too. Oh, that shit was so funny. Okay, man. Well, thank you very much for listening to the Electric Movie Podcast. Uh, see you, see you next episode. And I said, bitch.